Hey, film fans, we are back. It's number three for the Real Times Trio, and we have three new releases to talk about today. Captain Marvel, Triple Frontier, and Apollo 11. And we will get to that, and we're going to talk about DVD releases and some other film news. I'm Lynn Venhouse. I'm Dan Buffa. I'm Carl the Intern Middleman. You can hear us talk about Captain Marvel in just a little bit, and that'll be followed by Triple Frontier, which you can hear right around minute 22, and then Apollo 11, which you can hear right around minute 35, and then we'll talk about the new DVD releases, which we will be talking about around minute 41. And then you'll also hear some amazing stuff at the end of the podcast right around one hour and five minutes where we're talking about just general BS. Whatever, just uh, random thoughts. Yeah, random thoughts. So... How do you I, want to begin? Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel is the first Marvel female superhero. No, yeah. she's not. You could say Black Widow was. I know that's why she's I thought. She's not a superhero, like, though. She's I, normal. That's what I thought mm, no when, when they're saying, oh, this is the first oh. big movie. She's got power. Like Captain Marvel is the first superpower, superhero female. So Black she's Widow's, a superhero. Black Widow's just a badass. And uh, we, she's a spy. We yeah. all saw it at the like, same like screening, but we had different uh, opinions. We did, and that's good. The whole yeah. the whole critical mass so far on Captain Marvel is either they really like it, it's okay, or it's not good. Or disappointment is kind of what I'm hearing more of. Yes. Well, and First uh, of all, for the 21st of a 22 mm-hmm. film series... It's this is just like Ant Man and Wasp was. You needed a little palate cleanser after mm-hmm. Infinity War. You sure. need something. You need something to calm you, you do. down. And this is something to ramp you back up. And this is the introduction. This right. Is, and it's, she uh, is yes. part of the new phase. I mean, I mean, she's going to get sequels. If this movie does well. There's going to be Captain Marvel two and three. It's just this is the new thing. Like Black Panther, the Spider Man. You're going to be getting into new, you know, old heroes like Iron Man, Captain. Are being retired. And these, then she's leading the new like Marvel phase. But um, I mean, it's it's. I, I reviewed it yesterday on Frank Opinion, and when I talk to Frank, I have to really make uh, superhero down. superhero films. That's a good way of putting it. I'm just you have to be really simplistic. And I essentially said, if you like Wonder Woman, this is a slightly less. This is not as good of a version as Wonder Woman. It's the same kind of story. But it's, she's got it's unfair to compare it is it to Wonder Woman. But, Wonder, right. but but that came first though. So people are going to compare it. If you like that movie, I think you're going to enjoy this because it's similar story. I mean, not getting into the Krees and the scrolls and all that stuff. The Krees we've known as a villain. As a villain. In yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And the shape-shifting scrolls, which is actually pretty makes a couple two or three of the best parts of the movie, especially the train scene that ben people Mendelsohn. have seen in the trailer. Yes. I think one of the best parts of the movie is Samuel L. Jackson because he finally gets a good chunk of a role to play as Nick Fury. Did you origin story? Did one, you well it's one, not. one of the best lines in the movie is where he, he tells her outside the blockbuster, I'm gonna tell you about the dropbox because <laughs> she crashes through the roof of the blockbuster. But uh, I mean it takes place in 95 and i told frank opinion that that if you have not watched one marvel film you can go into this and pretty much get into it and and see if you're really if you like it it wouldn't be a good entry point but you could without having to know anything else about the previous 20 movies it's the second one in the timeline it is and uh, you know i think brie larson's very good i i didn't i was never really a fan of her before this movie i know she was in the room and she's been in other stuff but Uh, short term 12 short term 12 
with the, with a guy from Newsroom who's really good. Uh, uh, who John plays Gallagher Jim. Jr. He's yes. very good. He's awesome. Um, he won a Tony Award. He's so good in Newsroom. I, I miss that show. But uh, I think Brie Larson's great. I think this movie is good, but it's not great. And two days later, usually when a film starts to marinate, I always tell my dad, but he asks me all the time, what would you think of that movie? I used to ask him. Now he asks me. But I tell him, well, I'll give you the initial, but i got to let it marinate. This one, two days later, I think it's, if you like Marvel, if you like a female empowerment kind of story, I think you'll enjoy this movie. And it's also, I will say, at two hours, though, it felt like two and a half. Yes. Uh, or else... Civil War, Infinity War, those felt like an hour and 30 minutes because they went by so fast. But I loved Infinity War so much. It's, just, I it, it, it's, it's a masterpiece. I think that that's arguably the best Marvel movie, standing up there right with Winter Soldier and Civil War. I think they're trying too hard with the female empowerment. And uh, what is this golden glow? Like she's an angel <laughs> with, the, with the hair. Well, what do they the, call that? The air blown the dry? And it's just like really... But what I did not like is I felt no emotional connection to this story. We're in the future. We're in 1995. We're in Hala. We're on Cree. Where are we? For me, it went in towards the end of the movie. The thing that really got me into it was when her pilot friend gives her that last pump-up speech. Because mm-hmm. up until then, I was right with you. I was like, I don't really care about her. I mean, okay, I, I care about her, but I don't like, I'm not like right behind her. Like, come on, you can do this, Carol. But when she said, you know, you're the strongest person I know, you're this and this, I was like, man, okay, I'm into it. And that was a great scene. And that got me really into it. I think Jude Law is underutilized oh, here. Yes. I, I think he, he he's kind of painted as as the mentor and what this and that, and then he kind of gets gets forgotten about. But I think and one of the shows best, up again. The best parts of the movie is just the buddy comedy stuff between Nick Fury and Carol Danvers. But I, I, agree, I, do, I agree there. I do think if you go into this movie with high expectations, because Marvel simply can't mess up. Previously, the only movie I didn't really like Marvel did was Thor. I think the sequel, Dark World. Dark World. I wasn't a big Dark World fan, but it wasn't a bad movie. I don't think Marvel has done a bad movie. To, to go out of a film and say that was bad, they haven't done that. But I do think I had moderate expectations and I liked it. But if you go in thinking it's going to be wonderful, I think you're going to be let down. Or Wonder Woman-ish. Wonder yes. Woman-ish, which is, yes. Which is not a fair comparison. Because it's not. This, because Wonder but I just Woman, compared Wonder, it to it. I, I Wonder Woman has its own baggage in itself. Yes. And Captain Marvel has its own baggage. Did you notice that they never call her Captain Marvel in the movie? No. Yeah. They don't. Not at all. And I, I love the way the scene where they're messing like Marvel or is it Marvel? It's kind of, it's just those little things. I I told the allied, I told Sean after the movie. Like I think Marvel, it's like you're looking at a big canvas and half of it's painted and they're just painting in these little bitty parts of it. That's what this movie does well. The origin of the Avengers, stuff like that. These little bitty tidbits about uh, the whole nuggets. Marvel cinematic nuggets is a better word. But yeah, that's what I like about this movie. It does set up some things. I think it's gonna. Maybe Captain Marvel 2 is going to follow through. But I do think it needs a villain, the next movie. I know this was kind of like introducing well, her. Well, see, the, the problem, there's two problems with it. One, the fight scenes are shot horribly. Yes. You can't tell oh. what's going on. You no. don't And the people that she's fighting, you actually have met them, but you don't know who she's shooting at or who she's fighting at. So... And you know she can win, too. You know, for the most part, she can win. I mean, even when, when she's fighting Ben Mendelsohn's character, you're like, this guy's going to lose unless she messes up. But she has those power hands, and she's got this ability, but... 
I don't know. I, I, I think they were kind of routine. The other, pro- the other problem with the film is you are learning along with her. Since she has this memory loss thing, yeah. that is not, that's not a spoiler because it's been in the trailers. Yeah, it's, it's I've all got this past life. She doesn't know anything, so you're learning along with her. And so you aren't invested in it. In all these other movies, there's no – you – you are following along, and they're not learning anything. They already know who they are. And also the problem so she is... she doesn't know. Yeah, and, and another yeah. big deal is, is that, you know, she doesn't... That maybe the people don't really get invested. She doesn't really have family. All she has is her best friend, co-pilot. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a daughter. The thing about... And this oh, is, that, that we know. And, and this is kind of like a wide net, is that, you know, for a film like Gravity with Sandra Bullock, you got attached to her because you knew that... She had lost Baggage. her daughter. Baggage. You're like, okay, I, I, I can imagine what you're carrying. Well, we don't know anything about her. She doesn't know anything about no, her. She no, doesn't. and she's bland. I think she's incredibly bland. Oh, I don't think that. Yeah. I, I don't think that. See, I, and I, I like the confident moments with Brie Larson where she really takes over this character. It happens in the fight scenes, but I like her her exchanges with Samuel L. Jackson. How he kind of she kind of plays with them a little bit. She knows that she's powerful, but I do think. Um, the compass in this movie is a little bit uneven. It kind of wavers a little bit. But um, I do think by the final third of the movie, like when she gets that pump-up speech... Once she knows who she is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I can do all this stuff. Man, here we go. Let's start beating everybody up. But it's predictable, but I do think it was entertaining. It doesn't need to be seen on the biggest screen around. It doesn't need to be seen in 3D. No. You could probably watch this on your television. You could. Except the fact that you need to see it in the next month and a half because that's when Here comes Endgame. And then Endgame will wrap up Phase 3, and then Spider-Man will be... The beginning of phase four. I, I will and you agree. Have to stay, you have to stay. Yeah, there's to two see good. Two, there's two. Two scenes. Well, the, and one is plot development. Yeah. And it's done really well. It is. Yes. And then the other one's a gag. So that's that's how they've been going. The first one is plot, and the second one's a gag. And uh, I mean, and I will say, I mean, I like the movie, but when people call her not as interesting as every other hero in this universe that's i can not, i can that's I mean, not true though see i i can agree with that to the is fact peter that quill that interesting of a guy i think he's hilarious i think chris yes, pratt's but hilarious but that's his thing that he they did buddy movie each single each iteration of a marvel thing is you, you had the 80s uh buddy comedy and this yeah. is a 90s buddy and, and, comedy. and i, and I, I do Ragnarok. think that this is an introduction just she's underdeveloped now she knows who she is maybe then the sequels can get better at that see but, that's the thing that's the comparison with wonder woman i said I this on max's show the comparisons with wonder woman are unfair they're unfair because, but they're going to take place but they are going to take place because when wonder in the D, the one thing dc did right mm-hmm. is that they introduce wonder woman in Batman versus Superman, yes. and she saves their butt and then disappears. She saved the movie in the second half. She did. And she, did. Then, and she looks like a million and, damn dollars. And, and I'll also say that I that think woman. the scenes with Nick Fury are when they're the best. So to, to think that she can carry a movie on her own is still to be decided. I think she's great as the character. I just think that the sequel is going to be very telling. I enjoyed it, well, but do I... do you consider Captain America a really a Civil War an actual Captain America movie? It's not. It's not. No. It's an ensemble. It, no. It's not. Right. It's more it's like Avengers. Avengers. It's an Avengers right. movie. What, um, but I do um, think that Captain America Winter Soldier is a Captain well, yeah, America yeah, yeah, movie, yeah, yes, and that yes. was great. But they oh. just didn't want to call... And, they didn't want to call and, it Avengers And I will Civil say War. that first Avenger 
wasn't the best and it was kind no. of setting up his character. It's a period piece. So, I mean, that yes. can be like this where you're introduce you're introducing a guy this like Steve period Rogers. Piece too. It is. It's period 1995 it's a period <laughs> piece that's scary. It is. But, if you are not a Marvel person though, like if you are not familiar with the comics or familiar with these stories, it takes you a good while to catch up to them. I could catch up to Iron Man. But in this one you can't you, walk yes, into you this can, movie. Cuz Iron Man's the first one. Yeah. yeah. There's and, 22 and, and I will I say that Iron now. Man, you know, the first film didn't really have a great villain. I know Jeff Bridges, his villain was revealed late, so it was kind of just an Iron Man showcase, but Downey Jr. was so good. And I think that the interesting factor, I do think she's interesting. I just don't know how interesting enough she'll be. That will be decided in, in, in Endgame and, of course, in Captain Marvel. Which is Captain Marvel very too. interesting, the way that they've been putting out little nuggets and you little, little I, I crumbs mean, for Endgame. She is not in she's anything not. in Endgame. And you see, they even she's have scenes it. that she's in that they've just I cut know. her out. I, I really think that the Russo brothers are just editing the crap out of this thing. They probably have six versions of this movie. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. They know what they're doing. They do. They are. They are. They went from you, me, and Dupree to being Kings of Marvel. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. It is. I do think, though, that it's this worn format. You know, we have the flashbacks, we have the montages, we have the big giant it is. flying there, there is a blueprint. concrete. It I know, it does but work. the reason it works with uh, many Marvel films is because of the story is yes, so but... strong, and they have heart. They have heart with the humor. I do think you know? there was heart here. I think it was introduced. It was put in late. late. It was late because again, when when her friend tells her, gives her that speech, I was I was in, I was connected. But up until then, it was just kind of a cool adventure film. But I, I was still invested, and to think that even if you if you you're not don't love this movie, you still have to admit it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, Marvel just manages to once again keep your interest. And I do think if you're not, you haven't seen one of the twenty films, you can walk into this and go, okay. You know, do you like female empowerment movies? Watch it. Do you like Brie Larson? Give it a chance. Do you want to see more of Nick Fury, a side you haven't seen of him? Give it a chance. But poor Annette Benning. Okay. Is she <laughs> yeah. alien? Is she human? Is yeah. she well, you'll, supreme you'll, you'll intelligence? Find that out. You'll find out. You see that and that's oh. where the problem with reviewing this movie, you can't give away too much. Because there's the there's a lot of reveals, there's a lot of twists and turns and betrayals, but I do think that it's a good introduction to Captain Marvel. I just wish it had more emotional con- I wish it had more emotional connection. And Lashana Lynch is the character you keep mentioning, and she is really good Lashana in this. She Lynch, is yes. very good, Lashana Lynch. I, I, as, I want to uh, see what else she was in. Rambo. She is very good. What's her first name? Clark, uh, Clark Gregg is in the movie. Okay, He's so great. What, like okay, what do you think about Clark Gregg and Samuel L. Jackson's de-aging Samuel L. Jackson was not was bad at all, but Clark Gregg was rough, especially for the first two he times you like see him. He looks like a puppet. He looks like a puppet. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> looks kind of... It's just like... You're in there. They yeah, just, they I can just see you. smoothed out all the lines on their faces. Yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson, the, the they probably worked a little harder on his because yeah, one black don't crack. Yeah, two. I was just gonna say that. two. Well, Lashana well, Lynch, this is her first big movie. She's a TV star, so this is her first big film. Well, it looked to me a lot like Kurt Russell in the Guardians sequel right. when they when they de-aged him. But yeah, even that they... was that was kind of slick because I was like, oh, it's Tango and Cash, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. This was like Clark, your head is up here and your nose <laughs> is attached. But Samuel L. Jackson, I, I kind of got used to him right away. I mean, I thought it was great. He was one of the better parts of this movie. You take him out of the movie, yeah, and I think the movie kind of loses a leg. Oh, he. He's my favorite part in the movie, and I did like the cat. 
Goose. And Ben Mendelsohn's character's got a little bit of depth to him. I love Ben Mendelsohn. Of course, he he's making a movie with J.C. Chander, who did a movie with... I thought he did a movie with Ben Mendelsohn before. I know he worked... Um, with the directors. Oh no, yeah, Mississippi. Uh, these Grind. directors. No, these Mississippi Grind. Did my, yeah. Mississippi Grind, which yes. is a very good. Yeah, movie. so he did work so with them before. Yeah. It's yes. a male female team. Yeah, yeah. Who did a half Nelson with Ryan Gosling? Mm-hmm. Right. Which I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened here, but I was disappointed. And uh, I know. Would you watched again? Uh, I don't know. Before okay, yeah. are you gonna watch any of the movies before Endgame? No. In- are you gonna watch even War. Infinity War? I have to watch it again. No, be- it's on Netflix. It's so easy to watch. I do. Uh, Infinity War was one of my favorites. I just it, it just like made me cry too. Parts as you know. Yeah, but then you're gonna be we, mad well, at yourself. And, and, and you know why? Months. And I think Carl I Carl hits at this really well. You you are crying because you are emotionally invested in all those characters. And think about Especially all those people's movies. Spider Man eighteen. Yeah. Well, well, think about 19, everybody in that 19. movie. You know, Captain had a many films. Iron Man. Spider-Man already been in three films. So Captain Marvel is having to earn your emotion. Yes. And I think right. by the end of the movie, she had mine. But, you know, I knew nothing about Doctor Strange, and I loved it. I loved that it's movie. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, you know, and, and I was just Michael like, Simpson I don't know anything guy. about this guy. And I, it's just, I guess it's just the way that oh, people I can't, perceive. I can't forget Chewetel Edgeofer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was such a good cast. It was all those Brits. Well, and so also, I, I, I think that's kind of like a Tony Stark model, the the arrogant mm-hmm. uh, master. That's why know, their surgeon. scenes together yeah. in Infinity War are so good. They're so good, because you got oh, two guys yeah. who think they're the best. And, and, and just the way how they weaved all the characters into Infinity Carl, War. Carl, your plan is okay, special. except it sucks. Well, maybe <laughs> I should see it again. I'll, I'll, see, I'll watch it I think again. you should watch it again right before you see it. See Endgame. who all and gets... What? You know, see, I'm gonna watch all 21 before who, who gets I know, game. I know Let's people that are it. doing that. They really? Yeah. Well, they'll probably have one of those marathons at one of the movie Ugh, theaters. Dark. They did those before. Like, but I watched the one for for Dark Knight. I watched all three of them. I made somebody. They watched uh, before this. They watched everything, and they didn't watch Hulk. And I said, "Watch Hulk." Because yeah, you, you yeah. should. And I wish they would still bring back Ty Burrell because. He's a big part of the Marvel universe, but everyone everyone forgets Hulk. But now, I'll, that, now that I'll they've go had on record and say the, the, the Norton version. I like the Norton version. The, the the Eric Bana version was atrocious, but I mean, I I like the the Incredible Ugly. Hulk. Ugly. Yeah. Well, that's that. Well, yeah. So now Dan, Dan loves it. I like it. What? Lynn, uh, Lynn is disappointed. Yeah. I gave it a C. No, I, 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 I wouldn't C. say I loved it. I say I it turned you it. at the end. I enjoy it. It turned me at the end. It, it got me invested to one enough where I would recommend it. But this would be like a three out of four review. It wouldn't be like a three and a half. In the whole uh, universe, it, it, to me, it's average, and it would be in the middle. What is what is? Can you name one movie that's worse than this in the universe that you've that you liked that you've yeah, liked Thor, less? Thor Dark World. Yeah, it, even the first Thor was kind of okay for me. I mean, it just wasn't. Oh, I think Kat Dennings is great. Yeah, he she is great. But and really, I just I, before Ragnarok, I never thought he was. Uh, before Avengers, the team up movies, I never thought he was that interesting. And then they let Hemsworth kind of expand the character and be funny. And be funny. 
And Ragnarok's <laughs> great. Still one of the best Stanley cameos where he gives Chris Hemsworth a haircut. Like, no, don't touch, don't cut my hair. Um, I do okay, think guys, the, here we go. I do think the best, one of the best things in this movie is the tribute to Stan in At the, the very beginning. It's and very, we all applauded. It's, great. it's wonderful. I tell you what, it's so, it's so, it, it's very on the nose in, in, a, in a very good way. I mean, they, they, they are not forgetting about the guy that gave us all these characters. It, it's a great tribute. I hope they keep coming. Just give us well, more Stan. They filmed a lot more. I hope he gets a good cameo in Endgame. I hope it, he's just a guy who goes, hey, Thanos, calm down. And isn't Jake Gyllenhaal in the new Spider-Man? Yes. but he's, so uh, Maestro? No, not Maestro. Mysterio. Like Mysterio. Okay. El Monasterio. No. <laughs> all right. Give him a Pink Floyd intro song. Yeah. But they're they're gonna meet in England, aren't they? Yeah, because I just, they're far oh. from home. So yeah, Tom, Holl- Tom, Tom Holland, Holland as the re- as the rebooted Spider Man, he's just wonderful. Michael Keaton was so good in that movie, and he's too. gonna be back. I'm so bad. Everyone's Vulture. everyone's gonna be back. So when 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 you cared about his character, he wasn't just a one note. No, he was great. Yeah. When when Tom Holland goes, I'm oh, Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. That's yeah, that Stark. was tough. Now, oh man, now you're confusing movies. <laughs> I know. No, no, we're, we're just discussing Marvel. I'm just movies. saying. I'm just saying that that uh, introduction is such a bright spot because the Spider-Man Homecoming was like a John Hughes movie in That's a, right. in a, yeah, in a Marvel universe, in I a have, superhero universe. I have that Darth Vader. I mean, I have that Death Star that he drops, <laughs> that his buddy drops when he's climbing on the wall. I just like it in Infinity oh. War where he's trying to get his attention and he's, he's hitting his friend's face. It's like, look, look. Yeah, no, it's just the the writing is so good, and that's why I just think this one just lacked. There, I, I will say there isn't a woo, I mean, a wow factor. But then again, the first first Avenger with Captain America, there wasn't a wow factor. Um, I was disappointed in the first Avenger. I'll give you the the you know the middle one and the last one, and just like uh, the um, uh, the Winter Soldier was fabulous, fantastic. You know why? Way it, better than the first that was one. like the Dark Knight. It gave real world problems with the comic book problems. That was why that they were both worlds were connected. And Robert Redford never a bad and idea Bucky. either. And Bucky. 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 All right. So okay. Is Bucky, so is Bucky alive? <laughs> yeah, we had we had that no, in, in Black is, Panther. No, right now is, is Bucky alive at the end of Infinity? No, War? he's not. He's not. He disappears. Him and his missing arm. Did the arm stay? No. <laughs> I think a rocket's like, hey, I'll buy that off you. <laughs> no. I'm but kidding. um, I, right. I, I I liked it. Lynn was disappointed. Carl I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. So now, what's next on our movie? Uh, well, you've review. seen Triple Frontier. I'm not seeing it till today because it opens today. Well, um, uh, we should say because we're, we're opens in the today in theaters. Opens comes out March next 6th Friday on Netflix. on Netflix the 13th. March 6th uh, opened in theaters. Okay, so tell us about it because it's J.C. Chandor who did and Mark Bull and Mark Bull who did uh, Hurt Locker, but J.C. Chandor did Margin Call, All Is Lost, and A Most Violent Year, yes, which I really enjoyed. And in this movie, he reconnects with his Most Violent Year star, Oscar Isaacs, along with Ben Affleck, Garrett Hedlund. I mean Pedro Pascal, who people will know from Game of Thrones playing Who's the Oberyn. Star? I would say Oscar Isaacs. I mean, Ben Affleck has top billing, but he is more of a supporting character. This is Oscars. He the film opens with him, and it kind of he is like the lead character. It is essentially the the plot is a it's a great plot. Five ex special forces operatives who are now retired are just out of the game, but feeling like they they weren't really given uh you know I I gotta thank you for your service kind of vibe where 
you leave and you're just kind of you're, you know, you don't have any money you can't get a job your head's messed up especially for Ben Affleck's character who's now a real estate agent uh, Garrett Hedlund is a MMA fighter in the movie getting beat up uh, Charlie Hunnam uh, who will oh. be known forever as Jax Teller in Sons of Anarchy and my is, sister is, loves him it's consulting so you have all these guys who are kind of just moving around life but they don't, they've lost that passion and Oscar Isaacs kind of assembles them he plays Pope uh, ben Affleck is Red Fly. They all have these these code names. He, when he got out of the military, Oscar Isaacs went down to South America to try to stop a drug cartel, and he's having problems doing that. So he has a scenario where he and his former buddies, the four of them, the five of them, go down there and rob the cartel and take out the cartel leader who's called Lorea. So basically, they they think he's he's doing something good, and he's also bettering his friends' lives, like Ben Affleck, who can't even send his daughters to college in this movie, and he's just he's just he's one of those guys who's just tortured, you know. He he's not in the in, in the military anymore. He doesn't have the flags on his shoulders. So this is basically when what happens when when men with you with a unique set of skills, what do they do when they're pushed against the limit, financially and also mentally? Well, you go. You know, you become thieves. Mercenaries. You become thieves. And and the good thing about this movie, it's taunt, it's intense, it's unpredictable. I mean, you keep waiting for, for these characters to die or do something or betrayal, uh, betray each other. But the script is very good. I can see why this has been in development because it's crazy that Ben Affleck joined, dropped out, and joined uh, at one point, Tom Hanks was attached. He dropped out. Catherine Bigelow, who directed a Mark Bull script in Hurt Locker, was once attached to direct. She dropped out. But I think that uh, Paramount was going to distribute this movie, and they dropped it. And Netflix does. And I just think that this movie it takes no shortcuts. These guys get in over their heads. Things are going to go wrong. Because, you know, they have this plan. But when you get into the South America, and you go up against the cartel, and you get... The thing about this movie I liked the most is that it was powerful. I didn't expect that. I thought it was just going to be a routine action thriller. But it does have a great meditation about what soldiers go through when they leave the war. Now, I'm not telling you ex-military to go over to South America and steal money. Why not? But (laughs) I will say that this had slower moments, and they were good slower moments. They helped. They propped up the action. Because if you just have a bare-bones action-adventure, that's going to collapse by the end of the movie. And I don't think you can enjoy that enough. But if you're going to go for more drama, you have to do it well. And Mark Bull, J.C. Chander, a great team. Chander co-wrote the script with Mark Bull. And it's unpredictable. It's thrilling. It's intense. For two hours, it's the same amount of a running time as Captain Marvel. But I felt like it just zipped. Because once they get over there, you know things are going to go wrong. You know they're not just going to go get money and come back to the United States. You know that greed's going to take over, pride's going to take over, and I think playing with these human emotions and these characters is perfect. And Ben Affleck is good. I, I, I will go on record the day I die that I'm a Ben Affleck fan. Me too. Especially when he is in an ensemble like the town or like the company men. Where, yes. he's, where he's given yes. a good role, where, where he's able to fit right. into it. And I think that Oscar Isaacs is a very good actor. Oh, he's he so is. versatile. He can do so many different things. Garrett Hedlund, who was in Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon. And who, Friday Night Lights. He's great, a very intense actor. Uh, Pedro Pascal, who people will know from Narcos and from Game of Thrones, he's in this. 
And I think it's just think there's just really good moments. You believe in these five guys. They're not just cardboard cutouts. Every character is fleshed out. You don't think of him as, okay, well, he's just this guy. No, he's got a reason to be there. They all have a reason. They want to better their lives, but they also can't drop what they're very, very good at. It's th- this movie reminded me of a great scene from my favorite film of all time, Heat, where Al Pacino's talking to De Niro, and he goes, you know, I don't want to do anything else. And, uh, and this is the only thing I'm good at. And I got that vibe when I watched these five guys trying to desperately hold on to their past they while, were in their zone. while dangerously wagering you know, their future. And I think to the end, to the final scene, it really held my attention. This was a surprising movie. I liked it better than Captain Marvel. If I had to tell you which one to see this weekend, I'd say Triple Frontier. Now, mm-hmm. is, uh, is Oscar Isaac's... Is he more Star Wars? Is he more Ex Machina? Is he more uh, Lewin Davis? He, he he reminded me a little bit of Poe from Star Wars because he has that leadership. In the first scene of the movie, you find out how tactical and how good he is because you get introduction to his character right away and you see what he's doing down in South America because he left them. He he left the special forces and went down to South America to help them, and he's just getting nothing done because there's too much corruption the police are corrupt there's too many bad guys the civilians don't want to you know they don't want to take any chances and testify against Lorea who is basically the drug kingpin down there so he thinks okay the only way to really do something good while helping ourselves is to get my old buddies back together and steal some money and also try to take down and take out Lorea so he he's motivated he's a hero who's going to do, who's going to kind of become a sheep, who's going to become a wolf in order to Hmm. get some things done. But he's good. And I I don't think everything he's done is great. I think he's best when he's in these character-driven roles, like not X-Men Apocalypse, basically. I think you'd agree (laughs) with me. But I just think he's a very, you know, you get an Andy Garcia vibe when when I watch him. He's a very capable actor, but he's also good in the action scenes, just like Ben Affleck is. And the accountant, he was fantastic in that movie. He was good in that. So he's able to handle himself in the action sequences, but there's a lot to his character. I mean, none of these guys, neither of them are perfect people. They all have some demons, they all have some faults, and that comes into play when they try to pull off this mission. Because can you just go in and take a certain amount of money, or are you going to want more, 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 more? And is that greed going to doom your whole mission. So that's the whole idea of this movie. Does it have a little Sicario vibe to it? It does. A, a lot of the South America scenes, when, the when they go down there. The first one or the second one? Uh, the first one. I hate the first one. Uh, the first one I liked a lot. The <laughs> second one was really enjoyable because they focused on Benicia Way Del Toro. better than you think. Well, it's because, yeah. it's because Emily Blunt's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Emily Blunt. I like Emily Blunt, too, but she's awful in Sicario. She was a patsy, and, basically. And the entire story of Sicario falters because but, she's in it but i think you needed her to balance the other characters did you you didn't need her in the second i one. know but that there was a separate story though it, it was more no, of a focus i i believe that the second one you takes do place wow before the first one. Oh, ah. that's good yeah ah. they never they it's, never established there's that. no timeline in it yeah i just like benicio I, I, I just like the final scene where benicio's in her apartment i did it's just such a great scene i think it's good because she's good in it too though because she has a chance to shoot him when he's leaving the apartment, and she doesn't. But this movie definitely has a Sicario vibe because they're down there, and you got to understand, they get caught. As Ben Affleck tells the group, 
You know, there's nobody, there's no ground, you know, no ground help. Come save you know, you. No, they'll it's a string great scene. you up in the street. It's a great scene when they say, we don't have the flags on our shoulders. And it's a great line where he tells us, if you walk out that door right now, you're the best of us. But if you stay, you, you have to go all the way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and again, Ben Affleck, I mean, I, I every time he's good in a movie, I just feel like shouting about it. Because people give him such a hard time. I don't because, know why. Because he wrote the good... Uh, uh, you know, he, he has he, an Academy Award for writing he and directing. Wrote, he wrote the Good Will Hunting script, not Matt Damon. I'll go on record to say that. And he's a very talented guy. He just happened to date two very hot Jennifers, so get over it. I think the movie is good. I think he's good. And I think it, I, I want to watch it again. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go back and watch it again. Well, uh, is it better on the big screen? You think? You think? You no, should I mean, I mean, I think it'll the, be fine on Netflix. It'll be next fine. Week. It'll be yeah. fine. Get a big screen. Turn the lights off. I mean, and the action is very tactical. It's very Michael Mann-like. Better filmed oh. than Captain Marvel. Uh, better film? Yeah. I mean, I, if I had to say, if you, if you told me, Dan, I have one, I have amount of money to see one movie, I'd tell you to go see Triple Frontier this weekend. I mean, it's just one of those movies that, look, I grew up with my, this movie reminded me of the 70s and the 80s. Those very bare bones action flicks that had a little bit of depth to them. Force 10 from Navarone. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just, you know. The Long Riders. You know, imperfect guys who are very good at what they do going in over their head, trying to do too much. I mean, it just leads to a lot of uh, entertaining, thrilling scenes. And again, Charlie Hunnam's good in the movie. He's going to be Jax Teller, whether he likes it or not, but he gets to twist that persona a little bit. He's very well, convincing action He needs a hit after the... Oh God, King Arthur! He, oh, that's basically like the John Carter man. He just got like a pipe bomb, throw it down the hole, and just forget about Don't it. Don't you tell that to Max? Foisy. I know, I know. He liked it. He no, he loves John Carter. Yeah. He well, hey, I, I like collateral beauty, so we, we all have our stinkers that yeah. we like. Well, those those Friday Night Lights guys, like um, uh, Garrett Hudlin and uh, Taylor. Kitch. Tara Kitch. Kitch, yeah. They did Tara not Kitch fulfill, was very good Lone Survivor. I know, but they did not fulfill the the promise that everybody thought after Friday Night Live. I just don't then, think they're... The, I, I don't Connie th- Britton and Kyle Chandler did, though. Yes. <laughs> I just don't yes. think those two guys are really leading man great types. They're not that good. But Garrett Hedlund, you put him in this cast, he's like the fourth or fifth guy. He's perfect. He plays kind of not really a loose cannon, but kind of the youngest guy of the group. Who his actually will surprise you in many ways. Um, again, this movie's unpredictable. Do you think somebody's going to go? It's more drawn out. It's more. Uh, it's it's thrilling, but it's also got a lot of depth that I didn't see coming. I thought it was just going to be a fun little action film. Well, you know, he did that Peter Pan, and yeah. then and then he did um, he, he did, did the, the on Jeff, the road. The, what was the Jeff Bridges sci-fi remake that Garrett Tron. Hedlund did? Tron. Ooh. Tron. Mm. And then he was Tron gonna, Legacy. And then Ugh. they thought maybe he'd do something with that miniseries Steven Soderbergh did on uh, uh, HBO called Mosaic with Sharon Stone, and yeah. that sank like a stone. It just didn't. Yeah. And so I think those guys just have been, uh, you know, bogged down by their material. So this will be good to see. Yeah, I mean, Oscar it's it's Isaac very believable. And, and again, the the director and writer, they don't take any shortcuts. You know, they, they, they don't give these guys an easy way out. They run into every obstacle they can, including civilians with guns. And, you know, the cartel isn't going to let you just take their money and leave your country. So, what? I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just right when you think they're good, something else is going to go wrong. I just think... You know, I'm. Uh, see, I, I don't want to say any more reserves. I don't want to don't. spoil. Yeah, things. don't spoil it. Well, um, well, let's I, put it this way. I, I'm glad they didn't do go down a certain road that a lot of these kind of movies will just kill everybody. And take a cop. Yeah, well, have them betray each other in stupid ways. I mean, 
these five guys, they care about each other, but they also know they're each other's faults. And that plays into the, the final part of the movie, which, I, again, I, it could have fell apart in the end, but it just got better and better and better. Oh, I love those. I love those when you don't know when you're going no, in and, and, and it just and, unfolds And you don't so know well. when somebody's going to go. I mean, you think, you're thinking, okay, Ben Affleck's going to die. No, he didn't die. Okay, here we go. But you keep thinking, you keep waiting him for running the traps, but... Awesome. It's good. It, it, it was more one of the most surprising movies I've seen in a while. Awesome. Well, I've seen a movie that only had a one-week window. Which and, is weird. Uh, yeah, but I think it's Apollo 11, the documentary on the, the moon mission, the eight days. And I think the reason it was only in IMAX for a week is uh, CNN Films is the producer and so of course they're going to have it on cnn (laughs) but they'll probably release it just in regular not imax form but this is the last week in its imax form and i'm so glad i saw it because it was they used un uh they used new footage that they uh, how did they have new footage of what happened they didn't have new footage what they did was they found found footage. footage they found footage that nobody had seen so when they are descending on the moon and it's in real time and it's like you know 12 feet Eight feet. It, you feel like you were there. It was it's... shot on a sound stage. <laughs> it's really amazing. It's how they get the... the camera down there to show them. It's the the the. It's on the. It's it the astronauts. It's on the three guys. It's okay. So it's the perspective of the three astronauts: Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. And then it's the mission control back in Houston, and then it's the spectators in at the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Ground Canaveral. Control. And it's those three perspectives. And to see the world, the, the to see all these Americans just come together, united, was really thrilling and something. And Johnny Carson's in the VIP section, and, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over just glued to this what i like because you know you usually see the launch Uh but this goes through the re-entry which are really enjoyed uh, when they land. Because they didn't know if yeah, they were going to make it. Right. And the flags, and then they're in quarantine, and then the parades. and But you hear Walter Cronkite's voice to me, which is very comforting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have Nixon talking to him on the moon. <laughs> but uh, you do have John F. Kennedy's speech about, well, then we must be bold. Mm-hmm. And that's thrilling. It's just really, uh, uh, if if you, I'm a NASA nerd, so I why enjoyed they, it. Why aren't they doing this around the actual anniversary of the landing? Maybe they got something planned. Who knows? Maybe they're going to put that's it on, when it's CN- be on CNN. CNN. Yeah, because on July 20th mm-hmm. will be the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering why they're not doing this around, that. why are they doing this in March? Yeah, well, it was at Sundance. Mm-hmm. So, but that would have been last year. Well, January was at oh, Sundance. Okay. Yeah, it was it. it so maybe they just want to get it out there, and then there's going to be all sorts of things about this 50th anniversary. So maybe they just wanted to get it out there, and get people, um, you know, excited excited about it because it is really uh, it's one of the great technological marvels of our lifetimes and also the 20th century. And I don't believe that it was filmed on a soundstage. <laughs> I just want to make that known. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, let it be known. So hold on. 
Do you think people should try to see it on the IMAX or wait till it's on CNN? Well, it is grand seeing it in that format because it's space. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's why the Science Center is for. <laughs> you know, so, uh, uh, but you know, it's going to be fine. Just like CNN does a really good job with all those documentaries. I don't know if you ever see those series they do, like the 2000s, the yeah. 1990s. They're fabulous. History of comedy. Yeah, which is really good. And then the, they did that two part on 19. Nine, uh, on 1968 mm-hmm. which was fabulous so I have perfect you know I mean I just think this is really well told and it just captures a moment in time so, so you liked it I liked it a lot and it'll be a documentary we think about but the docs I don't know maybe it's because I love the docs so much but um, there's some really good docs and period end of sentence that won mm-hmm. the documentary short at the, uh, the, the Oscars uh, at the Oscars is on Netflix. I is just it? saw it in my yeah. I saw it's it in my. It's only like a half hour long. Yeah, twenty seven minutes. And uh, uh, speaking of the documentary that we love so much mm. that did not even get nominated was the Mister Rogers one. Yes. Won't you be my neighbor? Well, Channel Nine in St. Louis is having a free uh, special screening on Wednesday, March twenty seventh, at their studio. In, in downtown, and mm-hmm. so you can go for free, but you have to reserve a ticket. But you can go for free. And Free Solo, which won, that is being shown on National Geographic, and I believe it's on demand right now on National and Geographic. it's also coming out, and it's available on, on DVD it's this DVD week this well. week. But yeah, I think this weekend on uh, TV is the National Geographic. Because they produced it. Yeah. They also produced Science Fair. Which was really good. I enjoyed it very much. Oh, I cried, but I cried. <laughs> <laughs> well, there has to be levels of crying, Lynn. Yeah. I mean, I just was happy tears because those kids were amazing. They were. They're going to save our lives. They are going to save our lives. They were amazing. And the German kid and mm-hmm. all the kids from all over the world. See, I, I will yeah. take umbrage. I think they talked to the German kid afterwards. I don't think they were following him around. I think they followed. I think they found him and and interviewed him afterwards to make the filmmakers look smart. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. The girl from North Dakota who mm-hmm. didn't even have her trophy in the trophy. Right. Oh, dear That's Lord. very sad. And especially after that movie came out, I wonder if that changed. Yeah, we should find out. Let me put that on my list. You're a of reporter. Things. Yes, I'll find out. Because once she became a movie star <laughs> and she was on TV. Yeah. And the school looked really bad. Yes, it did. Because the football coach is the one that's her mentor. Yeah. And did you see Science Fair, Dan? I did. And? Wasn't that team 1 to 10? I didn't cry, but it was very well done. <laughs> I mean, well, this kind of opens your eyes to a whole other world that you didn't you probably smart knew kids. existed. <laughs> but you didn't really want to admit that it existed. Like, yeah, all these kids are smarter than me, and I'm a 37-year-old yeah, man. Yeah, but that's okay. Oh, it is, because, yeah. because these kids are going to lead our country to better things. Well, yeah, they're working on cancer research. They're working mm-hmm. on all these things. Yes, please find a cure for cancer. Oh. Hey, they've almost cured AIDS. They have, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, in, in two people. Right. Two people. Two's a start. That's right. Right. And also, the fact that one guy attached his horse to these other guys while he had mono and then wanted to go give mono... Go go see Science Fair. It's, it's good. It it's is. one of those movies you have to seek out. I mean, it's one of those movies. It's not gonna be put in front of your face. No, and you'll watch think this, like, oh, this. Science Fair. But it'll be on National Geographic but channel yeah. too. So, and that means you'll be able to watch a cool little, you know, something afterward. Just a lot of good stuff on that channel. Well, while we're waiting for spring to spring, 
Look at you, man. I'll tell you I what. Know. I mean, earlier you said that a Sharon Stone show just sunk like a stone. And I was like, wow, you were on your game. <laughs> and now you're just like spring, spring. Hey, I'm a, Lynn words, is like I'm a, a wordsmith. You are, you, know? you, you're pun oh. you are the point guard today. You, you are leading the ball down the court. Okay, Sunday is time change. Hooray. We have really already? Yes. Oh, it is. I mean, hooray. Don't you no, like spring what? forward? I know, but don't you, you lose like an hour of sleep? Yeah, so I know. For me, but... When I'm driving for Uber, I'm going to lose an hour of business. It's going to be 2 a.m. And then guess what? It's 3 a.m. The bars are closed. But don't you guys like when it's you go outside and it's light? I don't care. See mm. me, I like when it gets dark early. I know I, I am. A, oh, it's I am the, the still, one guy. It's still the same amount of light. It's I just. just I'm, it's I'm just also a guy earlier. who likes the winter, so I'm. 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 I'm probably. A, yeah. Well, this, I'm an outsider this, there. This has been to quote George Harrison a long cold. It's that really doesn't lonely, die. It winter. just keeps coming it's back. Like we got some snow, we got some ice, and we might have more. So if you're if you're housebound this week because the weather sucks, we have Creed two. Mm-hmm. Which we all liked. Way I better. didn't see it. Oh, I, I like Creed too. It's not as good as the first one, as Ryan Coogler's gone. But I do like that they gave Dolph Lundgren a good, sizable supporting role as Ivan Drago. Yes. His first role in America, or first role as an actor. Right, and his son. His son made me. Cry. He's a beast. Not quite admitting that he made me cry too. My but uh, but Michael B. Jordan is so good in everything. The kid cannot do anything wrong. He can. He's, and he he's, and Stallone have that bond. And they do. It's and, wonderful. And it, it's instant. You know. You, you know. Sometimes actors they have to work that up over like a movie or two. But the first, from the moment that Jordan came up to Stallone outside that restaurant in the first movie, you're like, I, I this, I get this. Because they had that, that that part of their past where you know Stallone didn't throw the white towel in against between his you know, Apollo Creed and Drago, but Stallone has helped this kid so much, and I, I like the way that they realistically look at the damage that a boxer can take in the ring. It's post traumatic stress disorder, the concussions. They don't jump over that in this movie. You get to see uh, you know Adonis Creed deal with that. And you also see how the Ukraine deals with their athletes. Yeah. And uh, And they brought back Stallone's ex-wife, Bridget Nelson, who looks creepy. Um, I, fun fact, I saw them in person at Spago's in well, L.A. What was she doing? In was she on her shoulder? Because she's like six foot. Well, she was crouching down and trying, but he was holding her hands. And I got his attention when he was walking past my table because I looked at him and smiled. He smiled back at me. They were in a couple movies together. One is, is the very underrated Cobra. Yeah, the the poster, uh, the, I mean, the the billboard for hey, Cobra was right outside the window of all the celebs sitting in the front. It's yeah. I don't even know if that's But Creed 2, I mean, it's more of a enjoyable kind of guilty pleasure movie. Uh, she's great. She's and, and, and she gets some scenes because, again, Adonis Creed gets himself, chews off more than he really can handle, and she has to kind of still deaf? Him out. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and she's and going she more deaf. She's going more deaf because that's a So he's getting movie. his brains beaten in, and she's going more deaf. And they have a kid in the movie, so there baby. you go. And she's pregnant. Oh. So it's good. It's it's romantic. They have sweet romantic. There's a Showtime things. original on right now with Tessa Thompson and Melissa Leo called Furlough. It's a kind of a good movie. And she's going to be in something else coming up. I forget now. Good uh, actress. She's going to be in Endgame. That's yeah, because she's so great. <laughs> I just love her. She gets off the ship and she just finishes that bourbon and she falls off the side of the ship. It's one of the best shots. <laughs> and right. That's Ragnarok. Yeah. That's so, Ragnarok. Yes. yes. So, um, Instant Family is out for the feel good Mark Wahlberg movie feel about good, yeah. foster children. Didn't see it. 
I didn't see it either, and they showed it. I, they I, wanted I, us to see it. They, there was so like 17 badly. screenings and, of that and movie. And I missed them all. Yeah, was, Dan went to one. I, I did. And, and, you know, it's a digestible, decent. You know, as Jim Tudor came out of Old Man and the Gun, he's like, it's fine. That's kind of what this movie <laughs> Old is. Old Man and the Gun is just fine. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I liked it a lot more than just fine. But I, I love that. That's my new review of movies that are just okay, but don't rush to see them. I mean, Instant Family. It's a good story. I mean, we we talked to the I got to talk to the director. He's a good guy. Based it off his life. Um, oh, you went to that one. Yeah, Pappy's okay. man. Wait, you get free barbecue. I'll interview anybody. Okay. But um, Wahlberg's good. Rose Burns funny. I think Rose Burns got the better end of that uh, screen uh, that script there. But you know, you it, it ends and you're like. Okay. okay. All right. I'll and never then, watch this again. Know, it's like it's like when when they serve you a steak at Chili's. You're not gonna write home about it. You just eat it and you go home. And it, it's just it, it's by the numbers. Okay, and pr- one of the most controversial movies of the year, uh, the favorite is one out. one award after being nominated. It didn't get shut out. It didn't get shut it out because shut Olivia out. Coleman upset best, Glenn Close. Best actress. Yes. I didn't. It's, if you it, like the C word. You'll love <laughs> the favorite. Martha Baker loved it, so there's one thing. But uh, it's 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 a it's a, a it's acquired taste. It's an acquired I, taste, and it's not true. And it's co- really quirky. And it's got one of my girlfriends in it, Rachel Vice. And, and at the end of the movie, people step on rabbits. <laughs> oh, and, if you ever and, wanted to know what a rabbit screaming sounds like, watch the favorite. I just and, lo- and, and, I, and I love the, the part oh. where doesn't Rachel Vice like shoot Emma Stone with? Is it, is it a blank? Yes, yeah, yeah. A blank. And she, that, that's that's probably the best scene in the movie because Emma Stone, her reaction afterwards is just. I thought they had some of the best scenes because they hate each other in the movie. Well, you can tell well, they're related. They're yeah, cousins. yeah, yeah. But, you can but tell they're about feuding. The, they're feuding. You know the the royalty inbreds because you have the naked guy getting tomatoes thrown at him for fun. This is like this is the movie that I, I watched and I was like, it's gonna win. Uh, it's gonna get nominated for a lot, but I didn't love it. It was okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's that's, fine. That's, 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 no, the <laughs> it's fine. We're going to that's going to be our mantra. We're going to patent that. Sorry, line. Jim. It's fine. Keep your cowboy. Now, hat. a movie that's more than fine won the best documentary feature oh. by default. I just yeah. want to go to a on very and, and they got it from a very excited rock climbing Jason Momoa. He was excited to get that award well, out. It could yeah. have been RBG. And uh, it's free solo, <laughs> and the guy is an odd duck, but he climbs El Capitan in Yosemite. So he's like a chess a player who happens to climb. He's he's, he's he's a nerd, and he has a girlfriend. But very he lives hot in a girlfriend. Van. Very I know, very but pretty then he girlfriend. Moves. But yeah, the but movie, he lives in a van. The for movie a couple years. I watched this one late. Uh, I watched the screener late. It is a scary at times because. The cameras get right up on him. He is. I mean, even the camera crew couldn't look because there is times where he's climbing out Yosemite and he's just putting his hand between two rocks and he's and if he slips, he's gone. And they show you footage of people falling, which is just not not good. No, no. And also, well, you know how it happens because he was there accepting the award, so it's not like we're spoiling it. Yeah, no, no. What? He doesn't (laughs) die. No, uh, but it's a very, very, I would say, effective. Of all the of all the climbing movies I've uh, been forced to watch over the past ten years, that's probably the best. But still, I'll say it wasn't better than Three Identical Strangers. No, or oh, won't you be, won't my, be neighbor? my neighbor? Man, yeah, Oscars so, messed that up this year. They did, but uh, it's just typical. Oscar's um, so dumb. Oh, that's right. so um, a movie that 
Dan really loved is in uh, the Red Box. Um, it's uh, Ben is back. Yes, I, I, movie that I Jerry think Julia Roberts. Roberts should have been nominated for. It is when you watch the trailer. You know, it gives you one feel like it's going to take place. A lot of screaming. Julia yeah, Robertson. I mean, you, you think it's just going to take place in the house. They have a, a, a you know a drug addicted son, and uh, uh, Courtney Courtney B Vance is in it. Plays uh, Julia Roberts' husband, and. No, but what? No, I just thought that was it was it was odd, but I think it was supposed to be odd. But Julia Roberts, this is a Julia Roberts showcase. Lucas Hedges is great. His dad directed it. Peter Hedges, it's Peter Hedges' first film in a long time. But uh, I think it was just it was unpredictable. Like when they started going getting out of the house, and she's just desperately trying to save her son. The links that she goes to up until the final moment in that barn. It was a very effective it's a, movie. It's drugs, right? It's drugs, yeah. Right. It, it's a great... The, one of the best scenes in the movie is where he was an athlete, and he got hurt, and oh, so the local doctor... Opioids. Yes. Yeah, the local doctor prescribed him, and Julia Roberts' character had warned him, like, well, are, are these addictive? And the doctor said no, and there's a great scene in the movie where she approaches that doctor years afterwards, now that her son is, a, is an addict... And just kind of tells him, I hope you die. It's one of the best scenes because Julia Roberts, America's Sweetheart, gets really mean in that Good. scene. But Well, the movie... more people need to see it then because that's that's a major emergency it in is. our country. Yes. 200, it is. 200 people under 50 die a day. To prescribe like that, a day. not thinking yes. about addictions, it doesn't overstep those movies. I, I mean, I think the movie was a good thriller, but it also had great dramatic moments powered by Julia Roberts, who was really good in this movie. Well, I like her in everything she does. And, and uh, she does Lucas, not age. No, Lucas, and she doesn't work as much because she's got all those kids. Good. But Lucas Hedges, to me, it, he and Timothy Chalamet are the actors of their generation. I just think Lucas Hedges is I think, yeah, I, I think tremendous. Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, oh, yes. and, those, and those two, they're just, you know, the future of film is safe with those because they all take chances. I like the way Lucas Hedges doesn't seem to just phone one in. He ta- he leans into every role that he does. And this, this, tr- well, this role is tricky because you can't trust Ben, but you also... You know, you like him, but you fear for what he's going to do to this family because it's it's pretty much obvious early on that Julia Roberts's mom is going to go to hell and back to get her son safe. Yeah. Well, and then the the another round, happy movie. Yeah, Vox yeah. Lux, starring one of our favorite actresses, Natalie Portman. She's barely and, in it. And Max really? Foyze's favorite actress of all time. Yes, she's only in the last quarter of the film. Yeah, really? she, she plays she's, the, the adult version of the main. She character. is the the rock star. She is the musician. the The bulk of the first part of the film, and even the second half, carries over with her uh, the teenage version of her character. So this teenage girl, she is part of a school shooting yeah and on tv she sings a song yeah and from that she becomes a pop star and natalie portman mm-hmm. is the adult version essentially of she at a eulogy for the school she sings this song and it blows everybody away it's a hit um i i will say that if you don't like school shootings the school shooting scene is, is rough 
I well, mean, nobody's gonna like school shootings, but you know, like to nobody watch liked that well, no. movie. Well, no, well, no, I'm just gonna it say it was a hard I movie mean, to sell. You, I mean, you can be put off. I mean, if you're put off easily by it, they don't take a shortcut around it. It's in the beginning of the movie. But I will say you should watch it for Natalie Portman's performance. She's great when she's in it. And the kid, I, I'm, her, her name is eluding me, but she's great as a younger version, who also plays Natalie Portman's daughter. So she plays younger version of Natalie Portman and her daughter in the movie. And the movie, it, it, it's a dark movie, but I think it handles a subject matter. You know, survivors of, of a school shooting, especially of all your friends, you know, Let's say your friends didn't make it and you did. That will follow you around probably Survivor's for the rest guilt. of your life. Survivor's mm-hmm. guilt. Who and directed I, it? I want to. It was a writer director, and he he'd only done a few indies before. I can look it up, but uh, he it, it is well directed, and and I think that I I can tell why people may not want to see it, but I do think that it is worth checking out if you're up for something different. The director is Brady Corbett, who wrote and directed this movie. I, I know he had done something before, but. Again, it's it, it's subject matters not. He he also did uh, funny games. Oh, no, he he oh. no no he was in funny games. He he acted in funny games. This is I think this is one of his first directing features. He hasn't done that much. This is his first. He did the childhood of a leader in 2015. So a very unknown indie. Vox Lux is his second movie. He's done one short and two movies. And Stacy Martin is the girl. Stacy Martin yeah plays the the young. No, no, Stacey Martin is her sister. Stacey Martin's her sister? Okay, then Rafferty Cassidy. Yes, Rafferty Cassidy plays young version of Nellie Portman and also her daughter. That's a I mean, stage. Oh, she's, only, she's only like 17 years old. It's a very imperfect movie, but I do think that there's some good acting in it. Jude Law is actually very good. Like Jude Law actually gets a role. He's her manager. He's kind of entrusted by the family to take care of her at a young age, and then you see him with... Natalie Portman, he's kind of attached. And they have a relationship Is in the, the movie. Manager? He's the manager of her as a musician. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think he's really good in the movie because, you, you know, Jude Law, I think, is an underrated actor. I mean, we all know the guy's gorgeous. He sounds great. But the movie is propped up by the acting. But I do think it's an acquired taste due to the, 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 the plot that kicks off the movie. All right. Well, if you're in the mood for laughs, today is the anniversary, 21st anniversary yeah. of the Big Lebowski. Well, that's just your opinion, dude. man. Yeah, <laughs> this table. I really, saw that at at the theater actually, really and I tight. liked it. And and it did not get buzzed back then. No, in remember, remember when the Matrix came out? It took a couple of weeks for that to kind of really settle. No, in. no, no. She's talking about it. Didn't get. It didn't get big until it was on video. Oh, right. it was a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then everybody discovered it and just, oh. It's man. one of those because movies you really have to watch a couple Coen Brothers, times. Yes, the first time I saw it, I didn't care for it. Because, then, uh, because a lot of the it lines. It is disjointed. <laughs> because the thing is, if you watch it, you're, you're going to miss a lot of the good dialogue moments that you, you just you won't get. I mean, John DeTuro, uh, John Goodman, local boy here. Donnie. Playing w- w- Walter oh, Sobchak. Shabbos! The bowling and, and all that. And Steve Buscemi's poor and Donnie. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, Quiet, uh, Donnie! Oh. Um, but uh, Coen Brothers, as much as I love them, they do have this problem where sometimes they don't know how to end a movie. They have trouble oh, yeah. wrapping Inside it up. Inside Davis did not know how to end, and that, the ending was just well, kind of... The ending is the beginning. I know, but I didn't like that. That movie sucks. It's horrible. There's only Except one for Oscar good scene. Isaac. No, there's only one good scene, and it. it's the Justin Timberlake scene. 
That yeah. is the only good part about I, that. I, movie. I think whenever he sings, it's great. But whenever it's story, it's just kind of crap. And that, that movie's drive or awful. Was the best yes, Colin Butters movie. That scene. The yeah. best one is Miller's Crossing, still to this day, a classic. Oh, oh Albert oh, Finney too. Yeah, Albert Finney, yeah, oh, brother, or Fargo is great. Fargo's still my favorite because that was my. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so if I had to pick of all those movies that are out on, uh, if I had one Netflix, I'm sorry, if I had one Redbox credit, I'd actually pick the favorite. Oh yeah, I would of all of the. But then I've seen that already, so I'd probably. mm, What'd you tell people to see? I would tell people to see the favorite. Okay. I would tell people to see the favorite, but I, I would a movie that I would haven't seen yet. I would probably do Ben is back. I will tell you what Ben is back because I think it really went under the radar like terribly. Or Creed two because I didn't see Creed two. But I think depends on what kind of mood. Yeah, but I think for like uh, a prerequisite they have to watch Creed one. So I tell you just watch Ben is back. I think that's a movie anybody, especially if you're a parent. I mean, you can enjoy. I mean, it's a good drama with some good thrilling moments that I didn't see coming. Lynn, what would you say? If you're just wanting something to pass, I think Instant Family's probably a, a palatable. But you didn't see twist. it. I haven't seen it, so that's why I would pick it. But what would you tell people to pick? I would tell people it's about foster kids, and Mark Wahlberg is in it. And who's the woman who plays the Rose mom? Rose Byrne, Bobby oh, Cannavale's right, wife. Which I enjoy her. So I would say just, you know, for something pleasant on a winter night, how can you go something wrong with light. that? Something light. light. I would pick that. Yeah. Um, if, if I was saying, I would say if you have seen Creed 1 but not Creed 2, go to that one. Yeah, Korea. That'd be a good one-two punch for a weekend night when it's cold. Right. Especially First one's great, and the second one again. They bring back Dolph, and they don't just have him stand there. They give him a good role. So. And if you're a Rocky fan, you know the hey, the, yeah. the legend continues. That's right. He never. He's never going to go away. It, this is technically Rocky Nine. It is technically Rocky. If he's in it, it counts. So yeah, mm-hmm. Rocky Nine. Hey, we'll do one more. Do ten. <laughs> And it would have been nice for him to win the Oscar that year. I wanted him to win, but Mark Rylance was good. In, in, he in was, and we did vote for him. And uh, we. Uh, but I will say that Stallone, he, he had, but, well, crying in a movie, when he talks about Adrian, I lost it. Mm. When, when he says, oh, I have, is what's back there. I'm like, oh, Rocky, don't do that. <laughs> oh, Rocky. <laughs> when he Stop didn't, it. When you he had a didn't robot. win. It, <laughs> <laughs> when, Get that chicken, Rock. <laughs> When he didn't win, the air went out of that room. <laughs> it did because I think because I think people wanted him to get Rocky. I mean, the guy because people have to understand. I'll tell us to everybody, Rocky's story was Stallone's story. He mm-hmm. was the actor with a million to one shot. He walked in. They didn't want him to play Rocky. They just wanted his script, and he bullied his way into that movie. And now look at it. It's lasted over forty. Years. It won Best Picture. It won Best Picture. He won. I mean, he won an. He owns an Oscar, and I think that. With the exception of maybe five, I still I, I I don't mind three. I don't like I don't mind Clubber Lang. Oh, but, I like that one. But, but, I but, but, Tiger. <laughs> but, 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 but I just think that you know it's just an inspirational movie. I think people wanted him to get up there. I, I really I was a little let down when he didn't win because that's the best you're going to get from Stallone. Yeah, then that's all. Rock. I mean, Cop, Copland's pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean, but even Copland, I mean, even this the the Creed role, man, he he, he broke my heart in that movie. It was, and then uh, and to think that ooh. he had said he that he had said before that before Ryan Kluger talk, called him, he said I had buried that character, and he had. Well, Creed too. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, some a familiar TV face that people know and love is, will make an appearance. Yes, he does. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Don't tell so, anybody. Yeah. So, guys, 
I, I, I do want to say one thing. I want to say that it's not a movie thing, but I do want to tell people to watch uh, Shameless. is Emmy Rossum's last episode yeah. on Sunday. And this is the last time you're going to see Shameless be good, because when she leaves, the, mo- the show's going to Aren't they suck. bringing somebody back? They're bringing back the brother, Ian Cameron Moynihan, who I think's okay, but without Emmy Rossum, that show's going to suffer, so... Well, uh, she uh, will uh, be wearing, like, she wears a shirt from the first episode. The first episode, I, yeah. I saw that. And Great there's character. a lot of scenes where she doesn't wear any clothes at all. <laughs> and, and, and I'm so mad about that. <clears throat> But it's a great it's a great show. It's taken a big bit of a shot this this year because they kind of threw her character down the, the rabbit hole of being an alcoholic, which was sudden. But she was what made that show great. Not William H Macy. It's Emmy Rossum, and when she's gone, it's going to hurt the show big time. You know, speaking of TV, everyone was shocked about Luke Perry dying. Yes, yeah. fifty two so, years old. He had a massive stroke. They never. He never recovered from the stroke. Even though we were hearing, "Oh, he's getting better." No. And then the family pulled life support. They all gathered around, said their goodbyes, made sure that everybody could come in, and then they decided that they were going to uh, not resuscitate. That's. T- I mean, it just tells you that 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 makes you aware that even if you're only 52, you can still suffer from a, a stroke. I think well, it's he gonna... was a longtime smoker. Yeah. A, but he had quit. He, he had turned his life around. Because when I think about strokes, I think about people at least over 60 or 65, but not, not people that are 52. So even if you quit smoking yeah. while you're young, you still have and the effects. Even though he's known as, for Beverly Hills, uh, 90210 as Dylan, he was great as Lane Frost in eight seconds. True story about the bull rider. Yeah, right. well, my Missouri essay. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Bull, a Missouri guy. He's good. I mean, you know, he, he was like Paul Walker, good-looking guy who, who can... You know, get into a movie and handle himself. Wasn't a great actor, but he was a good leading man. He was also a good person, according to our very own Jim Tudor. Right, and a lot of people have been expressing that on on Twitter and stuff. His ex-wife was there, and mm-hmm. his two children, and his current wife. So you know, yeah, they got married. He's going to be in uh, even Leonardo DiCaprio, who it's his last movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Luke Perry's in that movie, and uh-huh. Leo came out and tweeted about it, said he was a very professional, a very good actor, and in that Riverdale. Movie. Yes, my students were Riverdale, all saying he was yeah. in Riverdale. They don't know. They shut it down for at least two days because they don't know what they're going to do yet. Because he played Archie's dad. Right, and Molly Ringwald was the mom. The mom. So, yeah, she did. So it said, um, it, I think it's going to shed light on young people having strokes because in this country, every 40 seconds, it's going to raise awareness. Stroke. I mean, it really yeah, is. I had a stroke. I know, yeah. and I had. In 2012, I was caught. We were, I was going to see a bad movie, and then you guys all went and watched the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, Rush. bicycle med- Rush. Rush. And uh, yeah, that was it. And uh, I uh, helped save your life because rush. I helped. Yeah. Premium Did rush. you know I helped? I helped save Carl's life because I had an Excedrin gel tab. Yeah. Look at you, my gosh! You're like an Avenger. And uh, the ladies from KDHX, uh, Martha and Diane, caught me. I was just I just started to lean over and they caught me and put me in a chair. But after 45 minutes I was fine. Yeah, it was amazing turnaround. It was amazing turnaround. We were so happy. Okay. I didn't know that. Cuz we were calling we were calling um Actually, his wife. Couldn't find my wife so they called Max. I called Max. Who well, really is your second wife? Well, Come on. It was my second well, wife. Cuz I didn't know. I thought maybe he would know how to he, get a hold of your wife. Well, he had and so Pete who with the movie studios he called max too so everyone's calling max and he's like i'm glad i'm your emergency contact and like because my phone was stolen 
I, I, as I was having the effects of the stroke as I'm walking to the Tivoli and I dropped my phone outside and someone took it. And so if I would have had my phone, all you guys would have had to do is just call wife and then that would have been fine. Yeah, I know, but we're so happy because somebody says, "Does anybody have an aspirin?" And I said, "I have an Excedrin gel tab, and we and we got water for you." And boom, thinned my blood out. Yes, but the the e, the EMTs just came to, for observation. I was so happy to hear that. I was like, "Pete, what's going 200 on?" Two hundred and uh, two thousand twelve. That's what. Yeah, was. that was scary because it was. We were well, all not for we, me. Well, well, I mean, you know, because you were standing there, and I started ta- talking to you, and you were just saying some gibberish and then yes. you kind of leaned and that was it we were like get him a chair i was talking to tom o'keefe from the family arena about the monkeys because he's a big yeah, monkey fan big monkeys and fan. then all of a sudden he's like you're not making any sense and then started to fall over as i was waiting for my popcorn at the tivoli it was uh, it was at the high point oh the high point sorry I, yes it's at the high point so we were in that teeny tiny lobby in the front lobby yes Yes, and that. See, but I'm, no, he's. I'm starting to forget my details about it already. Yeah, but no, it was just. Oh, it was. But yeah, when that happens, you gotta just. I don't know. People in emergency situations, I you still just take gotta, an aspirin every day. Yeah. I always tell you, man. People, people will react or they won't react, and you reacted well, Martha and, and Diane. Diane acted well. Well, yeah, we're a, we are family. Yes, we are members of the St. Louis Film Critics Association. And we help each other, stroke or not. And I just want to give a shout-out to my my female friends in the Alliance of Women Film Journalists. We just came out this week with our Real Real Women list. It's real women who were featured in movies, and uh, it's in uh, celebration of March uh, Women's History Month. And I wrote two of the segments. I wrote one on Billie Jean King and one on Annie Sullivan. And Kate Marquis wrote about uh, Madame Curie and uh, Diane Fossey. Billie Jean King, well played by Emma Stone in a very overlooked movie. So that yeah. So and also who was was the second one that Kate did? um, Kate did uh, Madame Curie, um, and she did uh, Diane Fossey, the Gorillas. Oh, in the Mist, Gorillas in the Mist, placed by Sigourney Weaver. Yes, and she did somebody else. She did three, and I did two. I know all of those women. Yes, so I was glad because we we all had a vote and then it was pared down to 50 and then we if we wanted to help write it we could send in and i figured people like uh uh the publish a k graham and you know people in publishing and and that that they were already gonna you know people were gonna take those so i put in my list and i got i got billy jean king and annie sullivan did you get to interview well, of course, not Annie Sullivan, but did you get to yeah. interview Billie Jean King? No, no. It was just to write, you know, it, we had a little limit, this essay we had to write about him. But it was writing about their history and then the movie. So it was kind of a little difficult write to come up with the right amount, and then it was mm-hmm. only limited to so many words. But Billie Jean King, that movie um, did not also show that besides the Battle of the Sexes, she fought for women to have equal pay. Right. And so she was such a pioneer. It was a Virginia Slims tournament for a long time. Right. That was uh, Sarah Silverman's character. Right, which was good. Mm, she was great in that movie. Yeah. And then, of course, what's interesting about the miracle worker, Annie Sullivan and Patty Duke, they played those characters on Broadway, but the producers of the movie didn't want them to be in the movie. Happens all the time. 
I know. Mm-hmm. And Arthur Penn, the director, stood his ground. And they cre- recreated that magic on film. Good job. And then, both of them won the Oscars. And then Patty Duke later played Annie Sullivan like for with like Melissa Gilbert yeah. on television. Yeah, and do you know that uh, um, Annie Sullivan is the first woman to be ba- buried in the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C.? That's an honor oh. to be buried there, and she was the first female. So, I yeah, so that. I have all those fun facts in my essays. So if you go so to— where can yes, we find those? Um, that is at the Alliance of Women Film Journalists uh, website. So uh, if you type in awfj.org, you'll get it. Where else can they find you? Luke? Oh, I am in the Times newspapers, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And uh, we are on print and online. And then also I am on KTRS every Friday at 11.45. And then they rerun the Jay and Jen show from 10 to 11 p.m. Friday night. Nice. So two times to hear me on Fridays. Daniel, where can we find you, I'm sir? I'm over at KSTK News and St. Louis Game Time, but all my movie stuff goes out of KSTK News. I'm on Twitter at Buff82. I'm tweeting about all kinds of stuff, including movies and sports and coffee consumption. So I'm over there on and Facebook as well. And you yelled at Steven well. Spielberg. I did. I got mad, Steven. He should call his buddy Marty and just... Ask him why, and let him explain why Netflix is great. Even Chris Hemsworth's doing a, a Netflix movie right now with the stunt coordinator of Avengers, Sam Hargrave, who's directing a Netflix film. Well, it's interesting because Spielberg started on TV, and Duel, Duel. is one and of And Steven Spielberg's movies are on Netflix. For now. For now. Um, um, I, 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 I will predict in the next three, two or three years, Steven Spielberg will do a Netflix movie. Ooh. Okay, maybe Ooh. maybe that's what all this was. Yeah, just hype. Was, Carl, <laughs> Carl, where, where can people find you? People at? can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern and on Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern, and they can hear me every Saturday night with my buddy Max. Max on movies, great show. You can uh, hear us every weekend on KTRS, and also follow Max on Twitter, and then you can find yeah, the, the yeah, podcast yeah. stuff. Yes, and we will be back next week with uh, Real Times Trio. I don't know what I'm seeing next week. And the whole site. I've got some links to watch. Ooh. Episode four next week. This is episode three. We've got three of these in the bank, guys. Yeah. yeah. It's a trilogy. Yeah. That's right. And we're going to have some exciting new elements. Woo-hoo. Maybe. Maybe. Every week we're just going to keep growing bigger and bigger. The South Side Three are doing the Real Times Trio every week. That's right. At the Fountain on Locust. Bye. Bye.